You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, Joe. What did you think about the national championship game? Looking forward to getting your thoughts on that. Pelicans back to action tonight, taking on the Jordan, you've heard of Anthony Edwards, haven't you? You know who that is? Another young player that's doing better than... Stop. No, no. I was just asking if you knew who he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. You're not comparing and contrasting. He's been dominating, kind of dominating the league. He said last week... We are making the playoffs. Both teams, the last 10 games, 5-5, five and five, Jordan. 5-5. Five and five. Is it just me or the T-Wolves kind of a bit of kryptonite? Don't you feel like they're a bit of a... I almost feel like Every time the we Pels watch not them. only can't beat them, they get smoked yeah. by like 30. I mean, I'm being honest. I, I just I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it here in a little bit. Aaron Summers is going to join us, right? Yes, 115. Yep, 115. Uh, we'll chat with her. Uh, head coach Ron Hunter of the Tulane Green Waves can chime in at 145. And uh, kind of the rest of the way, we're going to ch- kind of discuss um, not only the national championship game, but also we will talk about, I, I think, some interesting question of the day. Questions, question. It's a two-parter. As we uh, do the unfortunate. We got plenty of Saint sound that we'll get into. DeMario Davis spoke yesterday. Sean Payton didn't do the year in review, sort of, um, presser. Yeah, I'd say it was more of, you know, the end of the game sort of thing. Me, local media tried. Right. It, it, it's not time, and he will. I think he'll do it later this week is what he normally does, or maybe later, Jordan. I don't know. But um, Amy Just is going to join us at 12.15, and we'll talk to Amy about her thoughts, the biggest questions here as well. We'll we'll take this opportunity too over the next about ten minutes or so, or whatever. I can't do math. Uh, Thirteen minutes yeah, 13. before we go to break. Do you have anything specific you'd like to ask Amy as well? I'm trying to think of different questions that I'll ask. We'll do like some rapid fire. You know, a couple of players. Is there a player? Is there a position? Like, just I don't know. We see if she she has an answer or something. Um, but it, you know, again. It, we're going to talk to her about her thoughts closing out this season and things of that nature. But if you have anything, at ESPN Radio NOLA, and I'll ask her. I'll pass it along here as well. Is there anything specific? Like, I'm going to ask her her thoughts on, you know, what do you do with Armstead, Quan Alexander, Marcus Williams? Are you franchise tagging him? Are you bringing Too him Too early back? for draft questions? Well, I mean, I mean, I guess not. I mean, I just, you know, if you want to throw that in there, you know. College football season has ended. It is over. So off and running we go. By the way, Jamison Williams, no official report there, but Nick Saban, you said you picked it up. I didn't, right? When they met at midfield with Kirby Smart, he congratulated Kirby Smart, saying you kicked our tail in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then he then uh, Kirby followed up asking Nick Saban, how's you know Williams doing? And he said, we, we think it might be an ACL. Well, 
he was one of those top receivers being looked at um, next year. So that stinks. Yeah. And, you know, well, look, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the national championship game. I thought it was going to be a closer game. We did get that. I, I was I was close, Jordan. I was close that there was a, there was a chance that it could have gone in overtime, right? <laughs> could have gone in overtime. And I, and I said, I wonder if it was going to be like the Chargers Raiders, where the game went into overtime or, or something of that nature. Losing Jamison Williams in the first half was crucial for Alabama. We talked about it, Jordan. They already didn't have Michi. That that's your top two receivers, and I all too familiar had that familiar feeling all too well watching Alabama's offense all of a sudden. Oh, you could definitely tell the difference it felt like between the wide the receivers. <laughs> because every, no, I, I mean, yeah. your guy, Young, he was putting him in the right – He was putting, I love Bryce Young. He was putting him in the right position mm-hmm. every single time, right in their hands, just dropping so, pass. It, it, was the com- it, it was the perfect comment. Georgia got them at the right time. And by no means am I taking away the credit for the Georgia Bulldogs. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not putting the asterisk, though. Here's my thing. They were the best team all season long, Georgia, weren't they? Defensively, their defense yes. was incredible. That's what they, they went to undefeated, do. and then in the SC championship game, they got their tails beat. So here is their revenge factor going into it. Since that game, though, and even going into that game, that Auburn game and others, Alabama literally lost their starting center, two offensive linemen or so, maybe even more. I think of another defensive player. And literally, you, you you take away their top two receivers. Now, Gus, you can tell me they're five, you know, five-star receivers. They are, but they ain't played. They ain't practiced and they haven't had those reps. Against other teams, Jordan, I would, I would argue against any other team in the SEC, they might have been able to pull that game away. But when you're facing a team that's literally been being built the last four, five, six years to beat you specifically, size on the line, Speed to equal you. Secondary. I mean, they, they were doing bunch defensive formations I hadn't seen before. It was good luck. You texted me yeah. last night. It was an NFL game last no, night. No, well, that's what I was getting at. So it, when you don't then have a playmaker, you, you're. It's going to be tough to beat them. It's going to be tough to beat them, and they they got them at the right time. They got them at the right time. Bama suffered key injuries to certain players that got him. Got him. You know? I mean, number seven made the best catches of <laughs> in the last 35 seconds. You know, he dropped two or three other ones. But again, they're just not being in that situation, not getting those reps. That's not taking away from Georgia because you beat who's on the field. You beat who's on the court. Right? I mean, that that's what it is. If Georgia's Top defensive lineman would have gone down in the game. Injuries happen in game all the time. And it is, it is what it is. So Georgia absolutely is the national champion. Um, incredible to see them kind of come back and do that. And here's the thing that I took away out of it. I guess there was two or three things I took away out of watching that national championship game, Jordan. A, how is it not those two teams for the next five years? I mean, I mean honestly. I Now, keep in mind, Texas A&M right now has the number one recruiting class. Jimbo, everyone around here believes, hopefully, that Brian Kelly will bring LSU back to competitiveness, right? To that aspect of it. You know I love Billy Napier. 
he will have Florida competing against Georgia. It's going to happen. Now, that said, again, Kirby Smart, cyclical, it happened. I don't know if you'll ever see a defensive line like you saw. By the way, all four will be first-round draft picks. <laughs> and they all weigh like 330. Remember, we've had this discussion before. Like, the Saints, Cam Jordan, and Marcus Davenport are like 282, 270, 290. All of Georgia's D linemen are 300 pounds or above and can run you down. They're bigger than Saints defensive linemen. Although that linemen. offensive, that offensive six, line five, for six, Georgia was, oh, they're was huge as well. No, but that guy that you said, 699, yeah, they brought him in from the defensive yeah, side. Yeah, 99 was a monster. No, that's what I'm saying, dude. I, but that's what you have to do to beat Bama. And I think that's why so many LSU fans got aggravated because Coach O kept saying that for four years. And, you know, the offensive and defensive lines are just like, if you're going to beat them, and now you have to say it. If you're going to beat Georgia, because Georgia has another top five recruiting class, but you have to you have to go line heavy. I mean, that was the first thing to stop that popped in my head. I'm watching this game. I'm like, how are these two teams not going to be competing in the final four spots? Somebody's going to go probably undefeated, have a loss, and then lose in the SEC championship game. Like, who's beating them? Right? I mean, like, there's opportunity. I understand A and M did all that, but like realistically. I could see these two teams back in the mix for the next several years. And I just mentioned that AM is coming out of, you know, solid class here. I think Napier is coming at some point with Florida, right, with Georgia. So the SEC, Jordan, the last three national titles, LSU, Alabama, Georgia. And I heard this stat on Greeny, on Mike Greenberg today, which was um, pretty incredible, okay, that – the, 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 the stat I heard was out of the last 10 years, two, right? The last 10 national championships. Three have been teams that didn't even win the SEC, but won the national championship. To just talk about how good the SEC is. Alabama did it twice and in Georgia last night. So they of- didn't win the SEC. They did not win their conference championship, but wind up winning the national championship. <laughs> so I just, like, my wife, who, you know, watches it occasionally, Jordan, throughout the season. She watches the big games, obviously, when LSU's on and Bama and stuff like that. But I, I thought it was interesting. Again, just as in passing, you know, she's on the phone or whatever. And, and then she just looks at a couple of minutes of it and she goes, yeah. I." She's like, I, she made a comment, something like, how many teams can compete with these two teams? I'm like, I, I mean, I guess I will throw in Ohio State because they have that, those kind of athletes. Um, I mean, it, can you come up with five teams? No. From what I saw, like, again, the speed factor, neither team could run lateral. You ain't going east and west. Well, we know Alabama's not going anywhere, but... I mean, if you kind of look back at LSU from a few seasons well, ago. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Just could, dude, two some, seasons ago, they were the national yeah. champions. Yeah, so, and right. you would have thought that, oh, this is going to be LSU and Alabama for the right. next couple of years. I, and, and that's why I brought up just now the Aggies, you know. And look, they just gave the lane train an extension over there, right? They could put up points. I know they lost Carroll. That's going to be a spot that if you're a quarterback now at the transfer portal, you think you can fling it, why not there, Right. So, 
I mean, every week when you think, like I said, I think Florida is going to be more competitive. They're going to be well coached. And I can tell you from watching him and having him on our show on Tuesdays, he's going to be defensive minded. And that team's going to be able to run the football. Did you watch Georgia? That's how they won this year. So we're just going to completely throw Dabo Sweeney and Clemson away. They're not. They're they're done for. <laughs> we're not going to see them anymore for quite some time. I didn't say they won't be in the four. I just I I'm having a hard time. I I think it could be a very especially if they don't expand this. I don't know. Call me. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I could so you see think expanding because I think expanding there's a better chance that somebody might you know on any given night correct. an injury or whatever somebody gets hot that they win. But how are you going to keep unless they suffer a loss in the regular season? Now that's that's the key. If Georgia, if Bama, if Florida, and, and they lose or they win the SEC championship, but if you have an undefeated SEC team in the SEC championship lose, they're going to be in one of the top four spots. And if you win the SEC championship, you're going to have one of the top four spots. And normally, based by that, they're going to be on opposite ends of the bracket and a good chance to meet in the, SC, in, in the national title game. And quite honestly, watching last night, I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. I mean, that was an NFL game. That was an NFL game. Like, the amount of... Um, Pollock was on with Greenberg this morning, like at the top of the show at 9 o'clock. And he said, the front seven for Georgia. Now, I know he's a Bulldog native, but again... Talking to Kuyper, talking to McShay. The front seven, Jordan. The linebackers and the D linemen on the Georgia defense. He said minimum third round. He said they all will be drafted in the first, second, or third round. All seven. <laughs> that that's an NFL defense. I mean, that's incredible what you saw last night. Some of the speed. I don't know. What 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 did you take out of it here? We got three minutes before the break. What 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 were two or three things that stood out to you watching that game last night? I, I just thought one of one of the things was like you were saying, how far away every other team is from competing with, with from competing with Georgia or Alabama. I, I think more so Alabama because we've seen that they can do it consistently mm-hmm. year in and year out. Uh, another one that I would look at is just what Kirby, um, what Kirby Smart has done with that with that program, uh, being able to put put that, all that together and just bring Georgia to the point where they are right now. Yeah. I, I saw a bunch of people um, talking last night and this morning that this wasn't just didn't just happen overnight. This was a three no. to four year, oh, five six year build plan, yeah. dude, and no it doubt. all came together yeah. at the right moment that time. And I guess my final takeaway will be the quarterback for for Georgia. What was I, I forget it? I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. People jokingly say it's the law firm Stetson Bennett. It's Stetson now, Bennett, yes, yeah, yeah, Stetson like Bennett. Firm name, I don't know. I I I thought, I thought he was very gritty, but at the same, very cocky, and I kind of oh, like that. Oh well, you know why? You know why he had the attitude. Because even during the game, reporters with blue check marks were literally saying, when is Kirby going to make the switch? Literally the entire season, the fan base and people that come. It's good to know that LSU is not alone. It's good to know. The amount of offensive coordinators that exist on Twitter (laughs) and in the media. We know better. That are absolutely convinced. All I'm saying is this for the kid. After, which I thought was the right call, and everybody else thought it was wrong. I know, we'll go back and forth. I'll ask you, the fumble and, you know, and all that on the pass. 
all the all the kid comes back to is two incredible fourth quarter touchdown passes, incredible drives. I mean, dropped him where he, I mean, he made plays. Yeah, he At the end of the day, do you make plays? Did you win the national championship? And shut up. That's what I would. That's what I would have told everybody at the press conference. Hey, had everybody asking them for me to be benched at the start of the fourth quarter. Shut up and enjoy. I mean, Go how, enjoy your. How t-shirt. unbelievable is that? It's unbelievable. Yeah, the same people that call him a bum. Guess what? They're in Academy right now buying the national championship shirts for fifty dollars. Same guys. All right, quick break. We come back. Amy Just will join us. Big news, apparently, or is it? I think it is. The Bears are involved. I'll ask Miss Amy about it when we come back next. Starting SB in New Orleans. Happy holidays from Greg LeBlanc Toyota. It's a festive time of year, and you can celebrate with fresh new inventory arriving daily. There's great holiday deals at Greg LeBlanc. Amazing stocking stuffers like keys to the all-new redesigned 2022 Tundra. It may be cold outside, but these holiday deals are red hot and won't last long. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa, or online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Santa may have the sleigh, but Greg's got the holiday deals. Shop now. Hi, I'm Nichols head football coach Tim Rebo. Winning a football game starts with a great game plan, and so does fighting pests. Terminex will protect your home and business from termites, roaches, mice, and even mosquitoes. Call the local team, Dan and Billy Foster, at Terminex of Homa. They will drop a winning game plan to tackle your pests. Terminex is a proud supporter of Nichols Athletics. Go, Go Colonels! An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will see king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. We talk about sports, real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. You're home for Pelicans basketball. The Pels get back to action tonight. Still, though, lots to talk about when it comes to football. Amy Justice joined us throughout the season. At Amy underscore Justice, a way to follow her on Twitter. Covers your New Orleans Saints for the Picayune and Advocate. Amy, good afternoon. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Still kind of wrapping my head around that the season is over. Um, but there's always that transition period for everybody. I would say yesterday, and me included, I mean, I'm a New Orleanian. I, I, I'd say bummed was kind of the word, as opposed to, I look at different fan bases and what else is going around the league where it's despair or anger or can't wait to do that. I I was not surprised, Amy, yesterday, most of our callers, if not all of them, there's almost like an energy, an excitement, or a, you know, um, 
I guess, belief that the the Saints are going to be back next year. They are a playoff team. It's almost just they're bummed they're not. They understand everything they had to go through. And despite we don't know who the quarterback is and some big decisions to be made, do you get a sense and feeling, though, through your timelines and such, that Saints fans are more optimistic, per se, per se than pessimistic? Yeah, I think so. Look, if I were to say, all right, the Saints are going to lose five in a row, they're going to lose Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill to season-ending injuries, right? Because what happened to Taysom, he would have been out for the playoffs. He wouldn't have been able to play. And then one game where there's 20 guys out because of COVID. What do you think their record is? Probably not what it ends up being, right? So, you know, it's all things considered, you know, that's with everything they went through. Oh, and they were displaced for a month because of a hurricane. Forgot casually. Um, yeah, I think that. You know, they did what they could. And obviously they were so close to the playoffs and it's really disappointing for all of those guys. And that's what it felt like. Even talking to them on Sunday, even though they beat the Falcons and did so pretty handedly, it still felt like a loss because they had done what they needed to do, at least on Sunday, to give themselves a shot at the playoffs and it didn't end up happening. So. There will be no love lost when uh, the Saints play the Rams yet again <laughs> uh, coming up. Uh, one of the things, Amy, that really also stood out to me yesterday that I made mention, I was telling George, you know, things that stood out, I guess, this season. I, I became probably more of a fan uh, of Taysom Hill in terms of just the kind of warrior this guy has sort of been and really how incredible mentally he sort of is, right? I mean, think of this. He, he finds going to get an opportunity to compete for the starting quarterback role. One of 32, here's your shot. It doesn't happen. Um for whatever reason, and sometimes it, it, you know, receivers drop the ball in some of the preseason games. He's under pressure, whatever. Then he goes back to Swiss Army roll knife, uh, Swiss Army knife roll, and then, yeah, no, exactly. And then he, you know, he does well, and then he gets a concussion, and we don't see him for like five weeks with injuries and that. And then, hey, congratulations, you're a starter against the Cowboys. By the way, you don't have anybody to throw an offensive line. And then I, I thought he played better towards the end of the year. Amy, before he got injured, that's one of the best games I've seen him look as a quarterback. I mean, the ball was out of his hand. He looked like he was making reads. The offense had flow. They're scoring. I was like, this is great. And then, man, he suffers a list, Frank. I, it's just, I think he's a warrior. Like, I, my respect level's really gone up for him this year. Yeah, dude had four pretty severe injuries this season. A concussion where he lost time that he does not remember. A uh, uh, another foot injury in the other foot. So his wrist strength and the plantar fascia, two different feet, different feet. Um, played through that um, when he had to, but they took it easy with him because uh, they didn't want him to make it worse. A mallet finger, which affected his throwing a little bit. He's admitted that. Um, and then a list rank fracture. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what more you want the guy to do. Like, I feel like, <sighs> I don't know. He, he did what he could this season 
But if he has four injuries in one season and he doesn't even play in all the games because of those injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that says about his future. Like, I hope that things don't continue to get derailed for him because he was playing his best football on Sunday before he got hurt, even through it all, through all the other stuff. So... I don't know. He does need surgery on his foot. I don't think he's having surgery on his finger or his other foot. Um, but knowing that I have to stipulate like where all of his injuries are and if he needs surgery for this one or that one or whatever, it says a lot about him. Yeah. Amy, uh, this is kind of one of our questions of the day. And, and we phrase it, give us your offensive and defensive player of the year. I know it's you know, we're two days from the last game being played of the season for your New Orleans Saints, and it's hasn't been that much. You haven't had that much time to kind of go over, um, you know, what stood out to you over the season. I'm sure it's going to take a little bit more time, but off the top of your head, who is your offensive and defensive player of the year for your New Orleans Saints? Can I call Sean Payton the offensive player of the year? <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll, I'll can... yeah, sure. I mean, obviously he didn't play, but he put his players in the best scenario. Um, but that's kind of cheating. So I I will say Alvin, even though he missed a ton of games, um, his absence was felt in all of those losses. Um, so he's probably off the top of my head the offensive player of the year. Defense, tougher for a different reason. Um with offense, it feels like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. But with defense, hmm. DeMario, um, I just think that he's playing his best football. Um, he is the leader of this team. He is so important to everything that they do. Um, not to knock on any of the other super talented guys out there, but um, without thinking about it too hard, I'm going to say tomorrow. Hmm. Um, I, when you take a look at the, the big decisions, that's something that I, I think it, it weighs on a lot of Saints, you know, fans' minds and stuff. And they do have some pretty big decisions. I, I know one of the things that's been brought up is what 60 million or so for cap. I'm like, look, they shaved 111 million just to get this year under the cap. I'm not even worried about the cap really anymore to an extent. But that said. What would you say are the top two, three biggest decisions that they're going to have to make in the offseason? What they do at quarterback um, is number one, the most important thing they do. Um, Because, like I said earlier in the show, two of their starting quarterbacks the same season ending injuries this year. So you feel like you have more questions than answers. Now, Taysom, they extended Taysom on what's essentially a tight end contract that can turn into a quarterback contract if he Mm. is their starter. Um, What do you do with Jameis? He's a free agent as well. Um, So that's that's the big one. Um, But you've got some other key free agents that they need to make some hard decisions with. Teron Armstead being one of them. Um, 
I don't know what they're going to do there. And that hurts me because I think he's a great person. Um, but being hurt for literally the last half of the season isn't going to help him either on the open market or when he tries to renegotiate something with the Saints. Um, then you've got uh, Traquan Smith and Marcus Williams, and P.J. Williams are all free agents too. So what yeah. do you do there? P.J.'s been playing on you know, one-year deal for the last three years, Marcus Williams on the franchise tag, and, you know, Traquan's going to be coming off of his rookie contract. So they've got some decisions to make. And then, obviously, what happens with Michael Thomas? Um, he's still under contract for a long time, but um, does that mean his future is here? I don't know. So there's a lot of big questions. But, yeah, so... It's a very roundabout way of saying uh, figuring out the free agents, but also quarterback and receiver. Um, those are the things that I'm going to be paying attention to, at least at least for the, the interim. Just before the show started, Amy, I don't know, I'm sure you saw the report, Adam Schefter saying that the Bears have requested permission to interview Saints assistant GM Jeff Ireland for the GM job. Jeff Ireland's role since he's come on board, he's kind of one of those things you would hate to have him leave the building. Is there any way to keep him if another team offers him a GM job? Like, would it be literally giving him this GM job and Mickey retires or moves to like a president of football operations role? Or Because Jeff Ireland's pretty important, isn't he? He's incredibly important. Um, I think he deserves another shot at general manager. Um that's just that's just how I feel about it. I don't know if the Bears is the right fit, but maybe it is. He's got history there, you know. I mean, grew up uh, doing some of the things for the Bears, as Jeff Duncan tweeted out earlier. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what would happen if he won if he wanted to counter with the Saints. I I don't know what that would look like. I know Mickey is, you know getting older but he's not that old right right so yeah i don't know we'll see um but yeah i i expect some big names to leave um just because of how things are going i guess i should phrase that differently it wouldn't surprise me um like uh dennis allen um getting looks um you know, here with uh, Jeff Ireland getting looks, um, you know, would Kai Harley get a look? You know, cap guys don't generally turn into GMs, but it's happened before. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think there's going to be some moving pieces, um, but I don't necessarily know how that will all come to play. You know, everything has domino effects. And once Black Monday is over, yeah, then things trickle down from there. Um, but Saints fans don't need to worry just yet about Jeff Ireland. Based on Adam Schefter's tweets, I think they are requesting permission to interview literally everyone on the planet. So <laughs> we will we will find out more as that continues to go forward. All right, Amy, let's wrap up with your best 30 seconds here. I'm going to give you a matchup over the weekend. Just for whatever reason, 
Nick, it'd be like my wife. We're picking. No, she doesn't pick just based off of uniforms. No, she's good. Um, all right, who you got? Vegas or Cincinnati? Uh, Cincinnati. New England at Buffalo. Ooh. Uh, Buffalo. Philly at Tampa Bay. Mm, Philly. San Francisco at Dallas. Dallas. Pittsburgh at KC. Uh, Kansas City. And we wrap up with Arizona at the dreaded L.A. Rams. Um, Rams. All right. There you go. That's Amy's picks. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate the time as always. Thanks. Those will probably all be wrong, but we'll find out. <laughs> I hear you. At Amy underscore justice. The way to give her a follow over on Twitter. The Saints news, obviously, will not be stopping here for the next couple of weeks and through the playoffs. So go give a follow. And, of course, go check it out over online at NOLA News and uh, The Advocate. Thank you. I appreciate the time, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Yep, for sure. Quick break. When we come back, we will uh, open up the phone lines to you. Again, not a ton of guests today. I kind of want to throw out a lot of different aspects of it. We also want to do the sticky notes today. The sticky notes. Yeah. You know, know, we would throw out things before the season. And we'll, we'll review them. That's always fun. Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans. Be foolish, but be happy. Be young. Be foolish, but be happy. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Ah, uh, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light, and give you possible solutions verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., and screening helps prevent it. So if you're 50 or older, it's time. Even if it doesn't run in your family, most often colorectal cancer occurs in people with no family history. And it doesn't always cause symptoms, especially early on. So don't wait for symptoms to get tested. Screening helps prevent the disease by finding precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Screening also helps find colorectal cancer early when treatment works best. You might be thinking, oh no, not that test. But here's the thing, you have options. There's more than one screening test. Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses. If you're over 50, get tested. Because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Don't forget, folks, you can um, go get $100 in free bets. How do you do that, Jordan? 
you sign up for DraftKings mm-hmm. Daily Fantasy and use the code LaRose. Right. And then the DraftKings Sportsbook app specifically. Go do that. Register. No deposit required. $100 in free bets when it goes live. You can bet it all on whatever you want. You're going to bet it all? Whatever you want. Of all the matchups over the weekend, which team would you bet it all on? I'm sure there are absolutely good. Is it KC and Pittsburgh? No, like I think it would be like a cricket match or no, a, I'm a talking ping about the NFL. Match. The NFL. Oh, <laughs> the, no, a no. ping pong match? I'm sure there's a ping pong match going on this weekend somewhere. Really? Thought I'd bet it all. You all gotta on. pick one of those games. That's not the code, by the way. It's not, you know, it's not, you gotta bet one game this week. Get the code no, for Rose. But no I'm, bet, I, I'm, I'm giving it all. the stipulation, yes. I'm, I, I'm doing the, I'm betting it all on Kansas City. All on Kansas City. What if you had to take take a risky team? If it if I got better money uh-huh. and I had to do San Fran and Cowboys, I might put fifty fifty dollars. I might split up the hundred, put fifty on San Fran. Really? And I know you come across as somebody who's going to go fifty and fifty. That way, you can't lose in a game. No, that just wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the draft. This is the fun part about it. Actually, you know, of all people, my wife yesterday, she's like. You know, I can't wait for this to go live. I, I, and I know my wife. She's like reading up. She literally, she's like, I would have put some oh, money on tonight's keep game. An eye on and it. I'm like, okay, all right. So we're everyone's waiting for it to go live. All right. Once it does, if you sign up before it does, you will get one hundred dollars in free bets, no deposit required. Put in the code Larose. So but I think that's actually a, a good thing that your wife, because now she's letting you. You know, that's like, all right, we have money. This is basically work for us, baby. Yeah, hundred bucks, and you'd be like, hey. Yeah. I have $100 on this game. We can, we're working right now. We gotta watch the game. We gotta cheer them on. If we win, we get money. See, whatever you like with that 100 bucks. There There you you go. go. Just let me watch the game. That's it. Now, tell us the only way ever she will get a Louis Vuitton. You better hit a bunch of those bets because they ain't ever happening. Maybe a few parlays. Louis. You know how much those things cost. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so our questions of the day, Jimmy, give me 60 seconds to set things up. Offensive player, defensive player of the year for the Saints. I'm going to make the case for Marquez Callaway on offense, given the award. And I saw the tweet yesterday, almost 700 yards receiving. Okay. Now I understand, guess what he talked about? He dropped, I, I know that, 46 receptions, 698 yards. So almost 700 yards receiving. He had six touchdowns. He had the most touchdowns on the team. We'll do the sticky note. Okay, I'm just saying he had the most. I mean, I and he had four quarterbacks. So I, I'm look like Amy said. Maybe you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. I just, but that, that's just my pick. Let's for discussion purposes. Defense is harder for me. My my initial first one, Jordan, was Lattimore. And you saw him Sunday make a great tackle. Remember, I've been saying the last couple of weeks, I think this was Marshawn Lattimore's best year. He legit was like a tackle corner, a cover corner, and he had interceptions. Like, I, I legitimately think it was his best all-around year. Consistent every week. I think this was his best year. I legitimately do. I'm going to go Marcus Davenport. Are you? But I actually settled on somebody else. I, like I said, at first I was going to go Lattimore. I went Paulson and Ebo. I was I was thinking about Paul. Paulson and Debo, three interceptions tied for the team high. Okay? Tied for the team high. And interceptions. 
with P.J. Williams, Chauncey Gunner-Johnson, Marshawn Lattimore. Those players had three. He was also fifth in tackles. And he was also so good that Bradley Roby, who you traded for, couldn't get on the field. He literally started for you. And I think, and I think everyone would agree with me, you don't have to worry about your cornerback spots anymore. Between those two. You didn't Lattimore, think about it all season. You never thought about it. Correct. He was never a story. And that was a story last year. Who's going to be on the ne- other he side of the He was never Marshall a story. Lattimore. You never came in here on a Monday and we did a show and it was like, this guy blew the oh, game. That's a good point. Yeah. We never said, oh, because that was he, the storyline. It's past easy two to say seasons. Demario. It's easy to say those other guys. That was the storyline going into the season. Who's the second corner? He tied for the team high in interceptions. He was fifth in tackles and he's a non story. That's my defensive player of the year. Jimmy, what you got for us today? Hello, Jimmy. Can you hear me? Yep. What's up, buddy? Yeah, look, I'm not going to per se put a vote in, but I will say Callaway is the best of the uh, undrafted wide receivers. You know, Jawan Johnson's coming along maybe as a tight end, mm, but okay. uh, just little Jordan Humphrey's kind of been a disappointment. They've had an opportunity this year. It was one big old dove. Uh, you know, test, uh, see what they were made of, and, you know, some some stepped up. He definitely did. Two things, you know I'm a big Taysom Hill fan. He, he, I guess he gets credit for the win, even though he got injured, but he had a QB rating of 153, probably the best I've seen him play as far as his no arm no doubt. accuracy down no the doubt. field. Um, look, I'll say it, it is what it is. He does get hurt a lot, but that's also his style of play is what, in you know, is endearing. Um you know, Russell Wilson saying he's staying in Seattle, it looks like, or they're going to try to work it out. I doubt Aaron Rodgers comes here. I'd I, I take either one of them. But I, I don't see Sean Payton want to groom a, a first-round quarterback. Do you guys see that? I don't. I mean, I think it's a very good chance we're going to have, like, a situation that's going to be like Jameis and Taysom. If you have Taysom in the mix as a possible quarterback, you're going to need three quarterbacks on the roster. Ian Book was a disappointment. I'm sorry. I know he had a lot of offensive linemen out, but, I mean, like your boy Nick Mullins from Southern Miss, his first start against the Raiders, he lit it up. So, I mean, to me, it's uh, – and, and I wouldn't be surprised if we got a guy like Nick Mullins, you know, and have, like, say, Winston, Taysom Hill, and a game manager like Mullins. I don't think Simeon will be back. I think someone else is going to offer him more money. Um, and I, I, I think Ian Book doesn't make the team next year based on that one start. I, I just think it was just a, a very uh, poor effort by him. It was one chance, and he just looked really, really frazzled. Now, he was on the run, but uh, anyway, look, football's over with, and they have $2 tickets for Pelicans, there it the Pelicans is. game tonight. <laughs> there it is. Seeky's got $2 tickets. That's so the excuse that it's because it's football, people aren't going to basketball, it, it's, over it's over, right? It's $2 tickets the tonight, guys. Coming up soon. Check it yourself. Have you, have you, Jimmy, have you seen Anthony Edwards in person yet? Did you go to the last time they were here? No, I've met Carl Anthony Towns before. Uh, I've met uh, the when they had Wiggins on the team. I've never seen Edwards live, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great player. And, uh, but I mean, we can win this. Willie Green has them playing hard. I'll say that. I've been, I, I've, I've, I've I'm not, I was never a fan of Gentry. Uh, wasn't really a fan of Van Gundy. I guess the older coaches don't really relate to this, this new era of players. Mm-hmm. Willie Green's getting them to play hard. I will say that. 
considering our record, considering Zion hasn't played one game in the regular season, and Ingram missed a few games and this and that, we lost Lonzo Ball, considering our roster, Willie Green has done a great job. He's done a great job. Three games between these two teams already. Game one, 96-89 T-Wolves. 107-98 Pels take game two. Game three, Jordan, 110-96 T-Wolves. So if we use the pattern, Pels tonight. I'm going to take it. Oh, you're taking it. I'm going to take it. Out of that $100? Well, it's not out yet. How much do you put? Hypothetically. How it's, much of the hundred dollars? It's hard are to you bet on the Pelicans. There's always. Hell, I'm asking. It's a simple question. I'm putting thirty dollars on the Pelicans. Thirty dollars. Your faith is a, is a thirty dollar value. That's a lot. That's that's no. I, that's I I'm a not. Good I'm making fun of it. Uh, I'm I, okay. So I would use sixty five out of my hundred dollars on the Pelicans. Really? Yes. Right. <laughs> you think that's too much? Yes. I think you have to slowly. If I'm you going lose 65. it, you don't lose at all, right? Because then now you're working back. Sixty-five. I'm going sixty-five. You're you're more going than half. How much you doing? What are you going just with? Thirty. Thirty. Because if I win, just just where's slow, your confidence increase, level in the DraftKings sportsbook app? Hypothetical. If it was live today, you're putting thirty. I'm putting sixty-five. That's how much faith I have, and that's how much faith you have, Gary. What you got on the show, man? Thank you for calling. Hello, Gary. I like calling you because you 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 uh, you got a good topic, buddy. Okay. So anyway, my my defensive player of the Saints is going to be Cam Jordan. I, I never I thought he came on strong at the end, okay. and I, I just think that he makes a big difference. I mean, one thing about him, I don't know at the beginning of the year, uh, everything was going on with all kind of crap happening, but. He really put it together at the end, and, and he's a difference maker, buddy. I'm telling you right now, he really is. Look, he, um, <coughs> well, one way, shape, or form, too, especially with all the injuries on the right defensive end. Um, yeah, I could see you saying that towards the end again, being able to put this team in position that perhaps they, they could have won a game. When you take a look at where he ranks in terms of tackles, and such, obviously, he's not going to be a high volume tackler because he's on the line on that aspect of it. But, um, all right, so we go with Cam Jordan for you. I, I jotted you down. Now, I got to tell you one thing. And another reason why I think I like him a lot, he's never hurt. Never hurt. Never. Good point. Took COVID. Took COVID to end the streak, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. That's a very good point to make. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Thank you very much for taking my call. Appreciate it, man. 59 tackles, 38 solo, 21 assists. He did finish with 12 and a half sacks, Jordan. By far the highest uh, on the team. Marcus Davenport had nine. That, that's yours? You going with Davenport? I'm going with Davenport. Nine Just sacks? the way he stepped up from yeah. previous I years, agree. I think you have to give him kudos. I think that's a good player to sort of have. Let's continue this discussion. You got us all the way to 3 o'clock. Matt Muskell and after further review will continue. Give me your offensive and defensive player of the year. And as the show progresses, I'm going to ask you your biggest disappointment on offense and defense. I think we're also missing somebody. Who's that? Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans. 
energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. On August 29th, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with a focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. At J.D. Kleber is the way to follow Jordan over on Twitter, GCAT underscore 17. It's the way to follow me, so give us some thought. Right now we're doing the offensive and defensive player on the Saints. And maybe now we're three, we'll throw in the, who's the biggest disappointment? I think we're also forgetting side of the ball. We're forgetting a certain position group, and I think that's special teams. Mm-hmm. And there's one player that was talked about, but I think he's, severely underrated when it came to what the defense did and that's Blake Gilligan and just pinning teams within their own 10 multiple times this season um, that helped the defense alone and you know getting on and off the field um, that that I think I mean if you want to consider special teams to be offense then that would be my offensive players but I'll just make it a whole nother group we'll just do special teams player of the year for me is Blake Gilligan. Obviously, I think that that probably be almost everybody's. I think when you consider the departure of Thomas Morstead, aka the leg, yeah, there was there was basically a legend in not only this community and the team, but seriously, like you never thought about him. There goes the punter; it's going to be inside the ten. And you saw how we treated how the team treated Thomas Morstead. I mean, he was a, a, a guy that everyone went up to after the game, either hugged him, congratulated him, and See him go to the Jets, mm-hmm. and then Atlanta, which horrible, but you love to see him get that yeah, opportunity. Guy get a paycheck. Bro. Yeah, it, the Saints even sending him a king cake. I, I mean, thought it was awesome. I think that speaks yeah. volumes to what he's done to, to the city. Blake Gilligan, eighty-three punts, totaling 
3,956 yards. Kind of funny when you look at it from that. Longest punt was 63 yards. His average was 47.7. None were blocked this year. Um, inside the 20, 29 times for a net average of 42. I think definitely a very pleasant surprise. No doubt. I mean, no doubt. Because there's no teams doubt. that, I mean, don't have a great punter. No. And no, he was a wet again, and and it was out of sight, out of mind, sort of a thing where it was like, okay, we got a punt, but it's not a bad thing because he did, as you brought up, help the defense. And a couple of those games, I think he almost darn near helped win the game. Oh, to be I, honest yeah, with I, you, the way he was punting, I think there's a game or two that escapes my memory right now where he was punting them so inside, just putting them in bad position. And you're right, it's something you don't think about a lot, but it absolutely adds to it. And the game situations when you have to pin them within their own, yeah. you know. 15 they have to just go that longer of a distance to you know actually score some points and like you were saying Gus I mean that helps the defense more than a lot of people realize so offensive and defensive player of the year I think Davenport that's a good one that's a good one because again it literally was a make it or break it year for yeah. him to it the was- point where I think we all agree. He was getting sent off when we're doing the send off. If Absolutely. he didn't have a good year, he no. was going to be a player to be sent. Well, off. you were a bust. You were you were approaching bust mode. Yeah, right. He, he might have been the driver if he didn't have a good year. Yeah, but bust as in first round pick bust. Oh, bust. Yeah, bust. bust. B u s t. And I was like, um, but you 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 look at him this year to the point where now you're willing to think about him long term, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Nine sacks. But again, he missed some games. But he missed some games. I think he also helped Cameron Jordan out a ton this year, more than he he ever has. He said it. He said it himself that his production got better when, you know, he came back to the lineup. By the way, in case you're wondering who's the leaders in tackles, Demario Davis with 105. Malcolm Jenkins, 79. Marcus Williams, 74. That's another question. And Marcus Williams. How did you think his season was this year? I mean, he's a guy that I've given a hard time to a lot, you know, and we've talked about it. Uh, But Marcus Williams had two interceptions this year. And he was third in tackles. And he was franchise tag. Is somebody you obviously have to keep next year if you're the Saints? No, I'm I'm just trying to go real quick through my head on all the deep balls that the Saints gave up. And to your point, Paulson Adebo and Marshawn Lattimore were kind of contributing with not allowing it mm-hmm. to get to that, you know, secondary. But I can't I mean he I think I think he's he had a decent year. Majority of the time when I saw him pick off a quarterback, it was usually just a, a poor throw by mm-hmm. the quarterback and it wasn't something very impressive. He was in the right spot at the right time, obviously, but it was a horrible throw by the quarterback when he did intercept the football. I don't think you have to keep him. But if, really? But if you do... Well, it comes down to money, right? It does. That's what I was I was going to say. Right, so, it comes down to how much are you willing to to give him and what's the? can we get someone better for the money that we'd have to give up for him? Okay, who are you paying? Now... The market value is going to be different, I think, for both players to an extent. 
But if I had to choose, and I don't think that both players' contracts really do that, but I, it just popped in my head. Quan Alexander or Marcus Williams, who are you keeping? I guess Quan. I'm thinking Quan. Because I think you need that other guy next to DeMario, huh? What I'm wondering is how much are the Saints going to look at Pete Werner's year this year and think, you know, here's a here's a number I'm comfortable with with Quan Alexander. And if the market goes above that, I'm also comfortable with Pete Werner standing next to DeMario Davis. And DeMario Davis has said during the year that Werner's going to be a guy that it's going to be in this league a long time. Smart, doing all those things. I think Quan presents an athleticism. But I'm going to go on the other side. And I never thought I would say this. I would probably say Marcus Williams because what is harder to find? And right now the Saints have depth at that position. And right now, I, I'm, I'm not saying that there isn't a drop-off. Of course there. I, I think Quan Alexander is getting older. Well, and that's what I'm saying. To me... Quan, I love Quan, but if I had to lose one of the two, like who's replacing Marcus Williams? A guy that you feel strongly enough that you're going to franchise tag. Saints don't do that very often. So they obviously are very high on him. They see him perhaps in different lights than a lot of different people. And we've had different guests on like, dude, are you kidding me? He's really good in what he does and stuff like that. Um, I did see him get more physical this year. Like he was involved in tackles. So I brought it up. He's third in tackles. That was not him in the past. I, that guy did not. He was a terrible tackler. So because of what we saw with Werner, or again, there's a drop off there. I think, in athleticism and speed. But not so much that I can't live with it if my D-line consists of Davenport, Turner, Cam, Anyamata. You get what I'm getting at? Right. Whereas if I don't have Williams, a guy that is still relatively young, immersed in the system, Jordan... I think is getting better by the years. Because how many more years does Malcolm Jenkins have? Um, I mean, both Demario and Malcolm were asked either yesterday or the day before, "Hey, how much le- how much more do you have left in the tank?" And that is something that a lot of Saints fans have to consider when they're they're looking at you know either that be what the free agency is or right. what the draft class is looking like to where 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 should the Saints go. Um, this offseason. Here's Jenkins. We'll play this bite, and then we'll wrap up our number one. Yeah. It's a little, yeah, I don't have that answer right now. Uh, I think, you know, I told myself a long while ago I wanted to get to 10 years, and then every year after that it's kind of a, you know, evaluate what my body feels like, <clears throat> family situation, what's, you know, what I want to do. And all the way up until a few minutes ago, you know, I was planning on being in the playoffs competing uh, for another week. So I'm going to give myself a, a little little time before I, you know, even start to think about that. Strapped up his 13th season. So he said that he always thought by 10. So he's at 13. He is 34. Something to think about. That 
you know, again, not maybe first or second. Obviously, if he wants to come back next year, you're good. You know, I, I think he played well this year, Jordan. I definitely think he played well yeah, this I, year. I don't think there was ever a game <laughs> where it was, oh, you know? he did something horrible right. to so, win. So, something to kind of keep an eye on. Hour one's in the books. Hour two will continue our topic and our discussion.